NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. NFR Extra, episode 66. As we count down the Wrangler NFR's road to Arlington, we are blessed to have two special guests that play a significant role in bringing the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo together. President and General Manager of the Cowboy Channel, Jeff Metters, and PRCA Rodeo announcer, Andy Seiler, join NFR Extra. Brylan, Godert, are we getting ready for NFR in Arlington, Texas? I mean, how ready do you have to be ready to be ready for? Because I'm ready. Flights are booked, rooms are booked. We are ready to go to Texas and make it the best we can. Just so you know, it is a 24 hour drive from Montana down to Fort Worth. And it's kind of cool, dude. It's like the, uh, the the Christmas calendar countdown for like what, you know, the little whatever where you pull up the deal, the date, and it's got a candy cane or a Christmas <laughs> deal. That's what it's like every day. There's a new, it's like, oh, we're doing this. No, it makes sense. I'm really excited just just to watch some rodeo and, you know, obviously the national finals rodeo, right? Like kind of the, the best of the best. And with the conversations, obviously, we have on here with Mr. Metters and Andy Seiler, uh, we get to touch on some of that stuff. But the more I look at this stadium, start to understand the, the layout and what's getting ready to happen with competition-wise, and it's going to be unique. But up next, Brian Bentley's Rodeo News of the Week. This is Brylin's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. PRCA Stat of the Week, 2003, the last time two native Australian Cowboys qualified for the same Ringler National Finals Rodeo, Saddle Bronc rider Glenn O'Neill and Scott Johnson. In 2020, Australians Kai Hamilton, bull rider, and Jamie Howlett, bareback rider, will be making their Ringler NFR debut. Dalton Massey wins the Ram Columbia Circuit Finals Rodeo. Clem McSpadden's National Final Steer Roping is returning to the Kansas Star Arena in Mulvane November 6th and 7th. Tim O'Connell and Richmond champions share gold-buckled knockout win at Servi Ranch. Cowboy Christmas. The Wrangler NFR's official gift show is coming to the Fort Worth Convention Center December 3rd through 12th. Don't miss the biggest and best Western gift show in the world. You'll find Western apparel, art, furniture, jewelry, and more. There's also a lineup of live events featuring country music stars and NFR contestants, autograph sessions, giveaways galore, and admission is free. Get more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. We're all in in Texas, and it's all here. Hi, I'm Boyd Paul Hamus, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Jeff Metters, the executive producer of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and owner of Geronimo Productions, moved into 2020 with another title, president and GM of the Cowboy Channel. Jeff Metters, welcome to NFR Extra, sir. 
Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. And great to be back and talk to you guys and talking about my favorite subject. Yeah, right. Uh, what a crazy year it's been. You got a new position. And obviously, we had John Lasher. We didn't. You were you were in the middle of Rodeo World back then with CBS Sports and, and Geronimo Productions and doing all the things you do. And then now, fast forward a year later, minus pandemic, you got a new job, Cowboy Channel, GM. You're the man. What's it been like? A number one with the new job, and then, well, I'm sure it was, what, like a month, two months later, boom, we're in COVID. So walk us through your experience of your new job and this crazy year we've been a part of. Well, I started in January coming down with Patrick at the Cowboy Channel and, and just kind of consulted really January and February. And I, I took the, the full-time job March 1st. And so then like two weeks later, Houston pulls the plug and you know the entire world goes sideways. Uh, it all happened actually on my birthday. Uh, it was kind of funny. My wife was down mm. in Fort Worth and, and uh, everything came unwound on my birthday. And the next day we're sitting at Papacitos and we're, we're, uh, we're having fajitas and ESPN's on. And ESPN, the, the big headline is March 12th, the day sports died. So I was like, yeah, what a great birthday. They at least oh. waited till the next day to cancel <laughs> the Masters. So, but, you know, I think for me, it's, it started, uh, you know, what, what do we do? And, and we came up with 40 nights of NFR, which became 60 nights of NFR. And then, uh, and the ratings on it were fantastic at the Cowboy Channel. And um, that led into, by that time, Cave Creek kind of, they kicked open the chutes. And what ha- what it began there was really kind of putting together a, a rodeo puzzle every week. Um, you know, you, you were banking on those big rodeos, the Calgary, Cheyenne, Salinas, you know, all that. But those big destination rodeos didn't happen. And so we wound up televising rodeos that maybe, you know, in a normal year would not have seen the light of day. But as you guys know, um, in talking, like I was talking to Trevor Brazil, and I was like, you know, does this year count as a world championship? Is this a year you just kind of put an asterisk in there and say, you know, it was COVID and this happened? And Trevor pointed out to me that really with the exception of the American, this may be the purest rodeo year ever. Because whether you went to Weatherford, Texas, or Gammon, Oklahoma, or pick a spot in Montana, everybody needed the money. So they're all showing up there. So it's not like the normal year where you're blowing in and you got three or four guys you got to contend with and beat. The best in pro rodeo is showing up at every small rodeo, and the fight is on. Um, and so what was kind of cool to Cowboy Channel is most of those rodeos made our air, you know, because we're also just like them. They wanted money. We wanted content. So we wound up doing so many rodeos that would never make the air, but it was loaded with big names. Um, but it was complicated. It was really tricky. Um, it's it's like I, I don't feel like I've ever gotten out from behind the eight ball, um, you know, and, and what I'm going to spend the next 30 days doing is is blocking out the major events in 2021 that we think are going to happen so we can kind of get ahead on the planning. But what COVID did was, was it took out the major rodeos and it put us on a track to where we had to figure out exactly what was going to go on our air. And we still wound up putting... Uh, you know, a ton of rodeo content on there. You know, we've had to innovate, right? Like their back is against the wall. And sometimes it seems like you go back to World War II and all the things that were innovated during that time because, you know, man, Hitler was marching and he wasn't going to stop and he was going to take over the world. And we had to, we had to innovate to survive, right? Like it's just the human trait that we have. I, this year seems very similar to, to in, in those kind of concepts of like what we've had to do. With that being said, when you go back to these little rodeos and I, and I think of production and I think of what, so many times a lot of people don't know in production that you got to survive a lot of times anyways because stuff doesn't work or it goes down or in the middle of an event. What are some things that you learned within doing these little rodeos that may amplify the rodeo business going forward? To touch on what you like World War II, um, I think the similarity there is you wonder what's going to go back to normal. You know, what 
a lot of things changed during and after World War II, and you know what's going to. A lot of things have changed during COVID. What's what's the new normal going to be? So, um, and I think as you get into those smaller rodeos, um, really you got you, you know the the Cowboy Channel philosophy is you know to to roll a truck in and do and do like an NFL game. It's just not possible. You know that's a huge amount of money and a huge expense and. And the guys that, that do the, you know, the, the in-house, you know, from Lisa Bailey to Piranha, you know, to all these guys, they, they do a great job and they've, they've worked with us. In some cases, we brought in other cameras to kind of, uh, you know, beef up what that coverage is going to be. Um, and others, we've just kind of taken them. We've taken in-house announcers, you know, we brought stuff back and, and, and produced it, you know, just basically voiced it out of our studio. We've done a lot of different variations. And what it, what it's done, really, Nevada, has forced us to be uh, – actually, I say that. I'm not sure that's the case. But because the challenge for me is to find ways to do great television that's not costing, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So utilizing technology and innovation, uh, it's, it's kind of forced our hand a little bit quicker than maybe it would have. But we're, we're finding ways, like we just did the Gold Buckle Beer Pro Rodeo Tour finale. And through technology, like, you know, a few years ago, you could never do that. So we have Lisa Bailey doing the in-house. And so we bring in what's called a DeGero. And uh, Amy Wilson has a camera with a DeGero, which is bonded cellular back to our studio. So she does the interviews. And we, I figured out how to set up a broadcast booth. So Butch Knowles and I have a camera and a DeGero. So you have the in-house feed going back to our studio. Uh, you have Amy Wilson going back to our studio, and then you have Butch and I. Um, so we've, we've found ways to creatively do as close to broadcast television as we can get without bringing in a truck. So uh, it's been an innovative year for us, and I think that's going to help us going forward. You talk about broadcasting, and there's so much history that you've watched over the years, 30-plus years to be exact. What is one of your favorite moments that comes to mind being in the broadcasting booth? Who? um well, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. I've had a front row seat to rodeo history, you know, over the last three decades, and um, I've seen I've seen heroes rise and fall, uh, and it's it's been incredible. Um, in the in the '90s, it was Ty Murray, it was Can Ty Murray, you know, eclipse Ferguson and Mahan, and it did. It took him a while, but he did. Uh, in 1998, there was a kid on the healing side that was kind of overlooked by so many people, but they kept saying this is the next big thing in rodeo. And it was Trevor Brazil. It was the only year he went to the NFR as a healer, you know, and then he went on to rewrite all the record books. Um, obviously, Cool Alley and Billy Bauer are way up there because, you know, I'm a huge Billy Bauer fan just to, to watch him. He weighs like a buck 20, you know, and rides the biggest Bronx on the planet. Um, the Cody and Fred rivalry were spectacular. Um, you know, those guys, what they did, um, love, hates, you know, just – and, and what's funny is they just needed each other so bad because I don't, I don't think they cared about the other 13 guys that were roping. They just wanted to beat each other. Right. And um, that was fantastic. Um, what Sage Kimji's done has been groundbreaking and totally different to win six in a row uh, and a chance to win seven. Uh, that's been spectacular. Um, but there's so many Cowboys that, you know, uh, you just uh, – it's fun to kind of go back and, and, and look and see what happened in the 90s and – in the early 2000s and to where we are now. A lot of great Cowboys and a lot of great history. 
That's awesome, man. You talk about that, you know, front row seat to the decades of rodeo that you've had going from being an Oklahoma man of watching that NFR in your backyard, moving to Las Vegas, and now coming to your doorstep at your new office. What are some of the challenges that you see of going from the Thomas and Mac, which has been established for so long, to now broadcasting in a major field like uh, Globe Life? That's kind of what's waking me up in the middle of the night right now, to be honest with you. Uh, we did a full-on scout um, Tuesday of this week. Um, the guy, my tech manager, that's been the, you know, the the guy that puts it all together in Las Vegas. He he was doing uh, Bellator, that MMA stuff, and so he was pretty much in a bubble for about six weeks and couldn't get there. And the World Series is getting ready to start, so they're getting ready to shut the whole building down, or you can't get in. Um, I volunteered to just, hey, I probably should just stay there through the whole World Series, you know, and take notes and do things, but they wouldn't let me do that. But we got a chance this week to look at it, and you know, because it's two different timed event boxes, and I don't know if you guys have seen the latest, um, like schematic, they. They actually put the Thomas and Mac in the middle there, so you can see the size difference. So um, it's a it's a much grander scale. On the plus side, it's a modern building, so there's a lot of really cool, uh, innovative stuff there. There's a lot of cable drops and things down that line. But the bottom line is, Thomas and Mac for us is automatic. You know, we we show up. With, you know, we know what the game plan is. We know we know what the pitfalls are. We almost missed round one last last year. Remind me to tell you that story. But um, we 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 have the setup down. And, and now we're kind of starting from scratch. So it's going to be a little more complicated. Um, you know, I think how the rodeo is going to run is going to have some hiccups and, and have some issues because it's uncharted territory for them. And it's uncharted territory for us. So um, we're just going to try to hopefully resolve any problems or issues that we think we're going to have ahead of time and, and hope that we haven't overlooked anything when the lights come up on round one. That's a lot of spinning saucers. Let's hit the pause button for a quick break. And when we return... Metters talks about taking the Cowboy Channel to the next level and what to expect for the 2020 Wrangler NFR broadcast in Las Vegas. Do you need a dose of social, a dash of insider info? Then the National Finals Rodeo Social Network is set up just for you. Get updates, insight, unique content, and much more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can find us at Las Vegas NFR. And be sure to use hashtag WranglerNFR on your posts and tweets. There's something for all rodeo fans. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. Hi, I'm Louie Messina, and you listen to NFR Extra. We're back with Jeff Metters from the Cowboy Channel. Metter's expertise expands beyond the rodeo world and into cutting and reining as he worked as the host of the AQHA TV show, America's Horse. What emotionally has been going through as someone like yourself who's able to do this so well, uh, talking about your history, being, you know, going from Oklahoma, Vegas, growing up in this entire industry, your career has kind of, I mean, it's almost been kind of the linear part of how NFR has grown, right, and been successful. What are you thinking about the story that could be told here? Uh, not just in Vegas, but NFR, the story of like when you, we, I mean, we can go back to LA and Texas way back, but th- that that's way lost. But the Oklahoma to Vegas and now to Texas, and then obviously back to Vegas, there's going to be a story to tell. I mean, what, what you, you've been feeling that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. You know, when I, I growing up in, in Oklahoma, that was always what we did in, you know, come December. It was nice to be able to drive a couple hours to Oklahoma city and, and be able to go to the NFR, and we'd do that. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd see two or three, you know, go-rounds a year as a kid growing up, and those were the Heston days, and you got the Heston buckle, and, you know, that was all really cool. And um, I, the move to Vegas was fantastic. You guys, we worked with you guys on, on the 30-year anniversary in, in Las Vegas, and uh, I learned so much, you know, 
the behind the scenes stuff there was, was really incredible. Um, some of it didn't make air. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because, because we all, we all shared all the interviews and, you know, there was a, there was a lot of things going on. Uh, but I, I learned a whole lot in, in, in that whole process there. Uh, you know, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, to me, NFR and Vegas just go hand in hand. And, and then now you get the COVID curveball and it comes to Texas. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting component. You know, it, it, if it's successful in Texas, you know, what, what happens as, as things start to renegotiate and things down that line, you know, and, and I thought Las Vegas was very gracious for giving them a one year out. Um, you know, I'm not sure I would have been that gracious. So, but I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> selfish with my toys. So, and, and, and that may be why, but um, yeah, it's, it's the, the winds of change are blowing. Um, it's going to be a completely different NFR experience. Um, something that uh, I think, I think fans are going to enjoy, you know, down that line, I've been kidding the glow black people. Your, your building still has a new car smell. We're going to get rid of that with 10 days of, of dirt and animals <laughs> in there. It's not going to smell quite as good uh, when we leave. But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it'll be cool. It'll be fun. I think, you know, kind of a, uh, hopefully a, a positive way to end 2020. But uh, hopefully at this time in 2021, life, life is way more normal and we're gearing up at Thomas and Mac. Ain't that the truth? So, have you like? Is there any documentaries that you've done, like little ones, big, long ones? Is there anything that kind of sets in your heart? I mean, minus the NFR stuff that you've put everything, you know, all of Metters into. I mean, is there something that sticks out to your mind? Well, we have a couple of reality projects going um, that that are definitely NFR based um, because I think it's I think it's incredible. One of the things that I really want to do on the Cowboy Channel is the thirty for thirty style stuff that ESPN's doing because I think those, I think that's going to resonate with rodeo people and well beyond because the stories are so amazing. Um, so I, I'm ready to start the original content side of the Cowboy channel. Um, that's going to kind of, you know, all those NFR memories that you're asking me about, whether it's Cody versus Fred or, or Ty Murray or Trevor Brazil and, and even, even more than that, the great stories of rodeo. Uh, I think it's time to really tell those stories and bring them to life. And I, I think, I think it's important that they get told because you, you know, you look at Sean Davis and, and, and you look at the, the characters and, and the people that we have, the heroes that we have really in pro rodeo. I think it's time to tell those stories in a, in a time where people are kneeling during the national anthem or staying in the locker room. You have a sport here that's completely different. It's, it's pure Americana, you know, down that line and, and the flag and patriotism and character and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps are really the ingredients of all the stories. So I think we have a product here that that's going to resonate well beyond just the rodeo world. I definitely look forward to that. Definitely. And I know the Cowboy channel is blessed to have Mr. Metters and the content that you get to bring. No, well, thank you. I, I'm, um, I am blessed to be there. It's been a, it's been an amazing experience. Patrick Gotch is pretty incredible. Um, you know, he's, uh, his vision is, is off the charts. Um, and I, I, I was talking to him this morning, you know, I came there in January, curious, maybe a little bit skeptical. And I realized right now the Cowboy Channel is going to become the ESPN of the Cowboy world. Um, we're going to expand well beyond rodeo, uh, you know, from cutting, reining, ring, cow horse futurities to American quarter horse racing to, to cooking and music and, and original content. It is going to, we're going to be the, the ESPN of the Western world. If you have even the, the most remote interest in something in the West, we're going to have something for you. Um, and it is an opportunity that, uh, I've, I haven't seen in my lifetime. 
you know, in the past, if you want to be on ESPN, you bought time. If you want to be on CBS Sports Network, you had to go buy time. This is this is cowboy stuff twenty four seven, and it's going to be revolutionary. We talk about revolutionary a little bit, and not to get ahead of ourselves. But what do you see with the future of rodeo and cowboy channel? You mentioned a little bit about cowboy channel, but what about rodeo? Um, I I I think rodeo um, is about to take off. The ratings, you know, the ratings that we've had in in twenty twenty have been spectacular. And if you look back on on what was done. If in in two thousand in two thousand eighteen, the PRCA did seven rodeos, seven ninety minute shows on CBS Sports outside of the Wrangler and Afar. In, in two thousand nineteen, they did six. So in the course of twenty four months, they did roughly thirteen ninety minute shows on rodeo. You can't build an industry on, on that model. You know, there's no way, no how. I don't care who you are. Um, obviously, the NFR rates really well. Uh, and the Cowboy Channel did more than that in the first 15 minutes in 2020. Um, I, I think the challenge we have is is to get the, the, the broadcast quality to a level that it needs to be at. And, um, you know, the, the exposure is, you know, is unprecedented for a rodeo cowboy, whether you're trying to get sponsors or, or we're trying to get sponsors. You know, the opportunities there are going to grow like crazy. Um, it's like we're going to, from... Western Sports Roundup, which is kind of the sports center that we have, adds more exposure. You know, live rodeo, uh, primetime, you know, four, five, six nights a week, uh, carrying San Antonio in its entirety, you know, Fort Worth in its entirety, Cheyenne, all of those. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, uh, we're in uncharted territory here. It's, it's an opportunity that's never been seen before. And I, I really would love to know where it's going to be five years from now because I think it's going to be way advanced from where it is now in terms of money and exposure and everything down that line. Absolutely. Before I give it back to the boys, you mentioned almost missing the first round of NFR. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they keep me out of a lot of it. Thank goodness. So we're setting up for round one um, last year. It's, uh, I'm going to say five o'clock um, on that Thursday. And my, my, the unit manager guy, Ken Forney, he says to me as I'm coming through the trailer, if we don't make air tonight, is that a big deal? And I kind of laughed, but he didn't laugh. And I said, what's up? And he said, don't worry about it. We're working on it. <laughs> and so I went up and was doing the pre-show and some things down that line. And I really didn't worry about it until, uh, I'm going to say it was, oh, a little after six. And um, I said, what's our, how are we looking? And I really didn't get any kind of a response. Well, what happened is we fibered out of Thomas and Mac. And so via the switch and there's a fiber hookup. So our truck just literally just plugs in. It's really simple. But what happened is when we faxed on Wednesday, they didn't go check the fiber box and the switch had done something with Cox there uh, a month before. And for some reason they had removed everything out of the box. So they open up the fiber box and there's nothing there. Mm. And so they're trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. And Ken Farney, who's he's, he, I don't know if you guys ever saw jungle book. He's, he's blue. He's like that big bear, you know, and he's like running. I'm worried he's going to have a heart attack after they tell me the story. But we literally, there was another fiber out, um, in the basement at Thompson Mac down below. And they ran that cable down there and literally just minutes before we had to go on the air, they plugged it in and got a signal and got it out of there. Solved the problem the next day. But uh, really close to round one being a big problem. 
Oh man. You're always facing pandemic problems. Like it, it, uh, yeah, that was a precursor to 2020. That was just give me a hint of what was to come in 2020 right there. So, yeah. Well, I, Jeff, this was fantastic, man. I, the one thing I do want to ask real quick and, and, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but 2021, right. Uh, Vegas, man, what, what are you, what are the things you're thinking about knowing now you, now you have all these tools, you got Patrick, who's got your back that wants to allow you to run, what are some things that maybe you're thinking about that you get to utilize? Obviously, you're going to cover the event and you're going to kill that like you always do. But you got access to all kinds of stuff in Vegas now. I mean, you go back to that whole sports center mentality, like when a Super Bowl comes. What are you thinking about from a broadcast side? Yeah, it, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of coverage. Um, you know, it's way expanded. You know, I'm, I'm used to worrying about a pre-show and the NFR. You know, I'm used to worrying about that window. But now, really, it's just kind of wall to wall in terms of what we're doing. Uh, he's all about uh, the technology. You know, when we come back to Thomas and Mac, you know, it'll be sky cam and ghost cam and, and 360 cam. And the 360 takes so long to render, we can't really use it in the show. But, you know, when you're talking about a mark out where, you know, the horse jumps out and you got you got rider right setting his feet to be able to go like NBC, see it, mm. go all the way around to the other side and say, oh, the left foot was low. You know, it takes so long to render. But in the pre-show and the post-show, um, those things are going to be really valuable tools to have. We're going to look at every form of new technology uh, to, you know, enhance the coverage of the NFR, and we're going to pers- we're going to pursue it aggressively. Well, Jeff, seriously, thank you for coming on, doing some amazing stuff, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you got going on for the NFR this year, and obviously for the future with Cowboy Channel. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Oh, I loved it. Thanks for thinking of me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you, Jeff. The first National Finals Rodeo was held in 1959. Since that time, the greatest cowboys and barrel racers have graced rodeo's biggest stage in pursuit of the coveted gold buckle and the title of world champion. We continue to honor the top 60 NFR contestants of all time. Hailing from Billings, Montana, Dan Mortensen is one of rodeo's most accomplished cowboys. Dan qualified for the National Finals Rodeo 16 times, his first coming in 1990 when he was the PRCA Rookie of the Year. During his career, he went on to win six Saddle Bronc Riding World Championships, tied with the legendary Casey Tibbs for the event record. He also claimed the All-Around World Championship in 1997. During his final World Championship season of 2003, Mortensen became the first Roughstock Cowboy in PRCA history to surpass $2 million in career earnings. Sports Illustrated named him number two on the list of Montana's greatest sports figures of the 20th century. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. Hi, I'm Speed Williams, eight-time world champion team roper, and this is NFR Extra. Professional rodeo announcer Andy Seiler is no stranger to the rodeo industry. Seiler is announced all over the country in places like Rodeo Houston, Caldwell Knight Rodeo, Junior World Finals, the College National Finals Rodeo, and just recently announced the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Arlington, Texas. Mr. Andy Seiler, welcome to NFR Extra. Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Now we're talking to rodeo royalty, so it's uh, it's our pleasure, man, to have you on. 
<laughs> I don't know about the royalty part. That's just a little bit of pandering, but uh, there's some exciting times here in the Siler household, that's for sure. So before we get ahead of the, you know, while we're calling you rodeo royalty, man, we, we've had a lot of people on the show, and clearly this is kind of a shticked question that we ask now is that during interesting times, crazy times, and we've all had to innovate. How's it been from the view that you, you know, from the position you have in the rodeo business, what have you seen during the six months and what have you been doing in that time? You can... Well, so you go back to Friday the 13th, back in March, uh, I'm sitting in a hotel room in Houston, Texas, and I was really excited because my parents were coming to rodeo Houston. Um, and my boss and his wife were also coming from Florida all the way. And they spent the night in Biloxi and they call me on Friday morning and say, Hey, we're so excited. We'll be there in just a little bit. And as soon as I get off the phone with them, I get a call from my boss to come into their office because they had to talk to us. Well, every year at Houston, we have a lunch meeting with all of the announcers and a few other contractors, but there's never a meeting in the office unless something's wrong. So we all knew what was happening. Um, we go to lunch and see Kane Brown's crew and they're like, Hey, what's going on, Kane? And they're like, well, we started sound check and they told us to pack it up. So it's over. So it was, it was a very surreal day because you go from this highest of high where my family's coming into town and we're going to spend some time together. And I get to show a couple of people around Houston that have never been to that rodeo, that event, anything of that size before. And it all just stops. And from that day forward, um, you know, my, my last rodeo was in August. So you go from Houston, Texas, where the average crowd size is 65,000 to Yuma, Colorado in August, where they only allowed 25%. And we had about 400 people in the grandstand. So it is the opposite end of the spectrum to say the least. Um, and since then we've just been kind of band-aiding and bubble gumming and gluing everything together to make sure that we keep the bills paid and, and get into 2021. Your rodeo schedule clearly changed. Were there new things that you did go cover that you probably didn't or wouldn't have in the past? Or how was, how did that go as far as like your schedule goes through the whole summer? Honestly, my schedule was pretty much canceled. Uh, but the one thing that we did that was pretty neat for the college national finals, they canceled it, but we did a, uh, a zoom television show for that. And it was, it was pretty neat because there were a bunch of old highlights from the 90s and 2000s because they were they were celebrating 20 years in Casper. So they had some old footage, um, and they were announcing the promise that, that College Rodeo is going to stay in Casper for, I think it's five or seven more years, but they extended that contract. So, um, so that was something that was new and different. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that one rodeo in Yuma, Colorado, my, my whole schedule was squashed. So let's rip off the Band-Aid and talk about the patch and the bandaid of what your summer was. Cause you have, I mean, you said already the college national finals rodeo yet Houston. I know you've got quite a few other big shows and a very extensive rodeo schedule throughout the summer, the bandaid Andy Seiler, you've been hustling, baby. You got a brand new house. You got a wife and two young kids talk about what you've been doing to support your family. No, I mean, Steve, there were definitely some, some very emotional times and, and I'll try not to get emotional talking about it, but it's just, it's one of those things where we made a decision when that happened that we knew some more dominoes were going to fall. Like you don't cancel rodeo Houston and think that, well, everything else is just going to come right back. 
Um, so my wife and I just made the decision that, Hey, we're going to do anything and everything that we can to make sure that we provide for our kids and provide for our family and, and do what's best. So at the same time that Houston was canceling, uh, my family farms peanuts. So my dad's harvesting peanuts and he needed some help, uh, with a truck driver. And I also work for a horse feed company here in Ocala. So I got to spend a lot more time with my feed dealerships. I drove a semi for my dad, uh, hauling peanuts all over the Southeast. So I've got some truck driver stories. I don't know if all of them are Zoom ready or not, but (laughs) let's just say instead of sleeping in nice hotel rooms at rodeos, uh, I spent many a night sleeping in the, uh, the cab of a 99 International. And uh, it's, a, it's a humbling experience, to say the least. With regards to the NFR, you, you know, obviously the thing with Boyd, you've worked extensively with Boyd and he's helped you out tremendously. But what, two years ago, you kind of got the false alarm phone call of, you know, hey, can you be in Vegas? And that was, that was something that was left on the table. No, in, in 2018, uh, Sean Davis called me and, and said, hey, you know, I've got your name on my, my short list and, and I would like you to be one of the guys that announces the NFR. And I, I kept that voicemail. I still have it on my phone. I'm never going to delete it because, um, you know, Sean's a legend. You know, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. And, and uh, with all due respect to anyone that came before and after, I mean, he, he made the NFR what it is today as far as the production goes. And um, you know, I, I met them at the college finals and, and Boyd introduced me to him. And so I, I kind of had my hopes up in 18 that maybe it would happen that year and it didn't. Um, so I just put my head down and kept focusing. And when, uh, when it didn't happen in 2019, I said, you know what, if it's not something that's going to happen, then it's, it's God's plan. It's not mine. And I need to focus on that. And, and this year it definitely wasn't on my radar because I just, I wasn't in the media. I wasn't in rodeo conversations, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, because Houston was back in March, I'm out of sight, out of mind, you know, in, you know, in the rodeo world, except for Yuma, Colorado. And so I was not expecting it in the least. I I just, it was a, a total surprise to me to happen this year. So you got the call and now mentally, where are you at? Uh, I'm, I'm finally starting to uh, get my feet underneath me and realize that I need to do everything I can to be as prepared as possible because with all the pats on the back and people that have been excited, um, you know, the critics are going to be out there and I want to give them the least amount of material that I can. Preparation is something that I lean on and it's something that I think is vital for somebody in, in the position that, that I've been granted. So I've got my sheet together already now that the standings are official. Um, and I'm working on that and just adding some information day by day. But, uh, if you're an NFR qualifier and you're listening to this in 2020, uh, get ready. Cause I'm going to be calling you pretty soon. Cause I'm going to speak to every contestant before we get to Arlington. Hey, can we dive in a little bit more about your preparation? How do you go back to like maybe rodeo Houston or something like that? How do you prepare for these big rodeos? I mean, how, what's, what's the steps you go through? So, I mean, depending on who the contestant is and how long they've been in the business, I mean, there's a lot of guys that you can just spout stats off because, you know, they've been doing it for 15 years. I mean, Casey Field, for instance. I mean, Casey Field, you've seen him so many times, and I got my card back in 2008, so it's been 12 years, but you've seen him so many times that you just go, oh, he's a four-time world champ. I competed with this guy at the college national finals. You know, I mean, you just, you know them because you've grown up together. 
But then you get somebody like a Cole Reiner who's qualifying to his first national finals rodeo and he's qualified to the college national finals, but uh, he, he may not have the marquee wins that some of those other contestants have. So that's where I think the personal touch of reaching out, making that phone call and, and asking them, Hey, you know, tell us something fun about you, not just a stat. I mean, we want to humanize you. Um, but also what are your big wins and, and, you know, just making sure that we're relaying to the audience why it's important, but what, what the feeling is for somebody that for the first time ever is getting to ride at the national finals rodeo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How do you, the one that I've always been fascinated, Brad and I talk about this, dude, bull riding, like my God, like it's always down to maybe, you know, two people. And then it's always these young, rough looking guys that are just trying to get into the business. They're never always polished looking like Sage at first. Right. <laughs> how, like, how how do you attack bull riding? Because, I mean, man, it seems very few and far between a lot of times just how those guys come and go. You know, I, I think the biggest thing with bull riding is just being able to stay healthy, okay? Bull riding, there, there's no rhythm and timing. So, I, I mean, bareback riding is very physically demanding on your body. Uh, but, you know, if on a Tuesday you draw a bull that spins to the left, you may have a bull on Friday or Saturday that jumps straight up in the air. I, I mean, there's no hey, I have to get a spurring rhythm or some sort of motion to kind of to grab timing and get in a rhythm. I mean, bulls more often than not are more out of line than horses are. I mean, not not all of them are patterned as well. And and so to me, it's it's a game of attrition. And I think when you look at guys like Sage and their ability to stay healthy for a length of time like he has, I mean, my favorite stat about Sage Kimsey is the fact that he's going to his seventh NFR and he's trying to win his seventh world title. Now, uh, he's trying to catch Donnie Gay, and, and I know that's, that's the number that he's got in his mind, but uh, even Donnie didn't win eight, nine in a row. You know? So, I mean, if, if you look at any sport, um, you know, Speed and Rich back in the day, back in the 90s and the early 2000s, they won eight in a row. But there's not many other sports, I, I don't care what the sport is, where you can say we have an athlete that won nine world titles back to, I mean, just – knock them all up. He's perfect. And, and that's, that's the one thing that I think is going to be in everyone's mind because Sage has ridden so well that he usually comes in with a 70, 80, $100,000 lead. Well, this year he leads a rookie by three grand, Kai Hamilton. And that's a tight race. And Sage has got some time off. So all these miles he's been traveling in the past, he's going to be the healthiest he's ever been, but it's going to be maybe one of the hardest battles he's had to fight to keep that title in 2020. It's going to be fun to watch. Before we dive into more of this year's competition, let's go to break. Want to relive the best NFR moments from the last 35 years? We've got you covered at NFRExperience.com. Check out the NFR History tab at the newly redesigned website for a walk, or should we say a gallop, down memory lane. You'll find images, recaps, and videos from the greatest moments from the last 35 years in Las Vegas. From Ty Murray to Trevor Brazil, Louis Field to Casey. Charmaine James to Mary Berger, Fred Whitfield to Joe Beaver, and everything in between, you'll find it here. There's something for all rodeo fans. Check it out at the newly redesigned NFRExperience.com. This is NFR. This is Vegas. Howdy, I'm Bob Tolman, and this is NFR Extra. Andy Seiler is here on NFR Extra. Seiler has been called an up-and-coming voice for professional rodeo by legendary pro rodeo announcer Boyd Paul Hemus. And then we talk about Stetson, right, who is qualified in two events this year, the saddle bronc and the bull riding. 
and Tuff Cooper, who will be battling for the all-around title. Casey Fields and Timmy O'Connell will both be riding this year in the bareback riding. What are some of your forecasts for this competition in the Globe Life Stadium? All right, you left a lot of meat on the bone there, Brylon, so we got to get right to that. <laughs> so the all-around race is intriguing to me because Tuff's going to qualify in two events, steer open and tie-down open, but one of those will already be done before he yep. gets to Arlington. So he will only have one leg to stand on once he gets to Arlington. So Stetson can focus on a number and go, okay, I've got to beat him with two events versus his one because the steer open's already out of the way. Um, that race is pretty tight, but again, I think it'll go back to Stetson staying healthy. You know, I mean, we haven't seen somebody in two rough sock events since Ty Murray. So um, for him to come in and, you know, try to ride bulls and Bronx, if he can stay healthy versus 20 head of the best bucking stock that rodeo has to offer, um, you know, no offense to Ty. I mean, there were some great bulls and horses when he did three events at the national finals rodeo, but um, it's going to be very, very difficult for Stetson to stay totally healthy for 20 days. But if he can do that, I, I think it's his to his title, not only to defend, but his to lose. Bareback riding to me is going to be really interesting. Um, and sorry to step on you there, but I just think Tim Tim's in a spot where Tim's mad that he didn't win it in 2019. Uh, but I think Casey Fields still has something to prove. So Casey's last title came in 2014. Uh, so six years ago was the last time he won a gold buckle, but he won four of them in a row. And if I know Casey, like I think I do, he's going to be just as pissed off as Tim is to try and prove to everybody that, Hey, I'm not an old man and I've still got something left in the bag. Um, so that, that battle is going to be a good one. Uh, the, the bareback riding will be fun to watch this year at the NFR. Speaking of pissed off though, the man who came in, I believe fifth or sixth last year and was kind of always on that bubble is, and the guy who has not heard his name called as the reigning world champion bareback rider, Clayton Bigelow. It's all, it's, it's stacked. Obviously it's stacked, but like, I think the Clayton, I mean, he's, he's young, he's healthy. He's not quite as long as in the tooth as these other guys, but like I, Clayton's going to come out swinging too, man. I mean, you want somebody that's like, Hey, I won the world in 19. Here you go. No, I feel your California bias coming through the lines. But, um, no, I, I, Clayton did something last year that was impressive. I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, Steve, you and I watched the rodeo multiple times together last year, and it was like he'd make a ride, and you're like, well, he won a couple of rounds. He's doing pretty good. But then it was, it was just like at the end of that race, he wouldn't be denied. Like, mm. I, you guys can talk about me all you want, but I'm going to take this from you. Um, the only thing that has me concerned about him is, was he saving himself for the 2020 NFR or did he have some issues? I haven't found that out yet. So that that's the only thing that I'm wondering about with Clayton. I mean, he's proven he can do it. So there's no question about that. It's just, was he trying to get healthy and just preparing for what's coming? Or did he have some issues during a shortened season where he didn't go as much as some of the other guys? That's that's the question that we have yet to answer with with Clayton Bigelow. What about this Shad Mayfield kid? So the, the cool thing about Shad is Shad is the poster child for the junior world finals. If you go back, uh, we saw a scraggly kid come in that you could see was talented, but you look at him and when he's competing, you're like, he's kind of a man amongst boys. You know, I mean, it, it, at the time he was 16, 17 years old when we saw him. So you knew he still had to fill out a little bit, but we saw him and we're like, okay, I mean, he's very talented, but it almost seems like overnight he just flipped a switch and said, okay, I made it to the NFR, but now my focus is just on winning every single event that I go to. 
that's why you see he has that huge lead. I, I mean, there was no question when he left the American that he was on a path to go in Houston and every other rodeo that he entered. Um, and he's he's got some really, really nice horses. So um, from where we saw him the first time at the Junior World Finals to uh, him making his second NFR appearance in Arlington, I, I think he's definitely the one to beat the tie-down rope. Well, you brought it up, man. I'm glad you did. Junior World Finals. And the two gentlemen that are on here have been pretty much the voice of the Junior World Finals, uh, slash when it was the Junior FR and slash whatever the heck kind of whatever we want to call it you know, six, seven years ago when we were doing it. But what, what is the junior world finals meant? Well, we'll talk about Steve. He's going to chime in here, but like for you, Andy, I mean, being a part of that and seeing what you see. And now, like I said, you're rodeo royalty. You've seen some young <laughs> cats and moving up and how has it been, man, being a part of that and seeing what you're seeing, talking about guys like Shad Mayfield and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's inspiring because there were a lot of, people in my life that, that gave me opportunities in junior and high school and college rodeo. And they donated a lot of time to make sure that, that I had opportunities, you know, but looking back, I think the hardest part that in junior rodeo, there's not much money involved. Um, and, and at times it's hard for families to go, okay, um, I can spend my money and buy a baseball, a glove and a bat and I can be $500 invested, and we're going to travel, uh, but we don't need a trailer. Um, we can all stay together in one hotel room, and you know we'll be, we'll be a lot cheaper doing that than investing in rodeo. Well, now a family can go, okay, we can take a vacation. A horse is going to cost more. My kid has a chance to win tangible things that can make a difference in their life. I mean, last year after the Junior World Finals, I hauled a trailer from Vegas to Florida for the young lady that won the barrel racing. Things like that, that makes a difference in someone's life. You know, when you can tell a young individual you've got a chance at winning $10,000, well, you can't do that in AAU baseball or basketball unless you want to get sanctioned by the NCAA. So, um, you know, it's, it's something where you can truly make a difference in a young person's life, not only by giving them the opportunity, but giving them a chance to earn real money and possibly set them up for a future and whatever they want to do. I mean, if rodeo is the choice they make, that's great. But, you know, I used some of the money that I won team roping and some different events to help pay for college. So, I mean, it, it's to me a life changing opportunity for the next wave of, of young rodeo athletes. Well, I don't want to ever have Oatberry be mad at me, so I don't want to get this, this figure wrong, but I think that between, between prize money, prizes, and scholarships, he had like 80, almost $90,000, maybe more than that, just for the one event. So you figure what that does for those kids. Uh, you know, I, I 100% agree with you that the opportunity for setting yourself up for success is now available on the developing levels of rodeo. Well, and I think that's a good point, Steve, because Oat really emphasized to a lot of those those athletes and hopefully future student athletes is your your education is what matters more than anything. I mean, you know, you look at a lot of late 30s, early 40s cowboys and it's like, well, guess what? You got 30 or 40 years left on this planet. So you you need to have something to fall back on, you know, whether that's an ag business degree or, you know, thankfully I got a broadcast journalism degree and I use it from time to time. So, um, you know, things like that, that that you can fall back on and know, hey, I have other goals that I've accomplished outside of the rodeo arena. And you can transfer that to a business person when they say, well, what have you been doing the last 20 years? Well, I mean, 
I got a college degree before I started all of this. It wasn't just that I've been, you know, a rodeo contestant and I haven't done anything with my life. No, you, you've got something, a goal that you accomplished a long time ago and some business acumen to you. So you're hireable. You know, in Vegas, we pretty big on obviously rodeo. We talk about NFR and things like that, but behind the scenes, a lot of people don't know that there's a big baseball and basketball Mecca in Vegas. Right. And we run a lot of the AAU programs with Adidas and Nike and, just every kid from the West Coast flocks to Vegas just to be a part of it, just to see how I remember back in the day watching Kevin Garnett come there, LeBron James roll through. And now when we talk about the Junior World Finals and to everything that we're talking about here, we're, we're taking like an AAU program basically and dropping it in all these kids' backyard in Texas. How important do you think it is for the Junior World Finals for this year being in that backyard that where all these kids can get to the stockyard, like, you know, they all can't make it to Vegas, man. It's not cheap for some of these young, for some of these families. So what do you think on that side of the importance of junior world finals being in Fort Worth? I think very easily it could be a match that starts a fire. Uh, I really do. Just because like you said, I mean, if, if it's going to be a target rich environment where, you know, there's, I don't know how many PRCA rodeos along with all the other rodeo associations that are in the state of Texas, but, uh, there are certain places, if you live in Stephenville or somewhere like that, you can go to a roping or a rodeo almost any day of the week. Uh, I mean, you know, my dad's taking some clinics and stuff in that area, and it's just like, well, what division do you want to rope in? Because you can throw a rock and somebody's roping tonight. So um, for the Junior World Finals, I, I think it's going to showcase it in a different area that will make maybe some eight, nine, 10 year old kids that were on the fence go, Hey, when this goes back to Vegas, mom and dad, I, I want to do this. You know, um, me having two kids, I, I can tell you more than anything. If, if you want to, you want to light a fire under them, show them what the next level is doing. You know, I mean, my son's playing soccer right now. You, he's eight, you take him to the 11 and 12 year old game. And he's like, Whoa, those guys are good. I need to practice, you know? And, and that's, that's what I think you're going to see is, you know, there may be some junior high kids that are in eight, nine, 10th grade, you know, and they see some of these older kids and they're like, okay, all right, well, the, the competition is stiff and Shad Mayfield was there two years ago. That's, that's what I need to do to keep raising my own bar. You talk about Shad, but also Bridget Anderson in this year wrestling, he'll be making his first trip to the NFR. He will. And, and I'm, I'm glad Oak put that program together. I, I mean, because... To me, steer wrestling is one of those events like bull riding and bareback riding where you need somebody to give you safe opportunities to compete against people at your level. Um, and the qualifiers that, that he's put together, I mean, you, you really see how bright the future in our timed events are uh, moving forward. I mean, Oates done a great job of, of not only putting the money up, but like Steve talked about earlier, I mean, the, the scholarships, he's, he's focused on Giving them, an, giving them an opportunity at the youth level. But also, hey, if you want to go get your education, you can qualify for the CNFR because there's plenty of guys that have won the CNFR and then gone on to win Reno or whatever and then carry that into qualifying. Um, I mean, J.D. Struxness is one that comes to mind. J.D. did that. He won the college finals and then said, all right, well, I'm good enough to beat these guys. Let me try from there. And then he's qualified to three NFR since then. So, is, What a year and what a way it's going to culminate. I, uh, it's amazing. You know, Andy, Really, seriously, thank you for having. Thanks, honestly, taking the time and and uh, sharing all the uh, this this uh, Andy Siler information and rodeo and seriously, man, this is uh, we're blessed to have you on today. Well, I, I appreciate it, guys. I just I'm I'm very honored to 
to get this opportunity because uh, I've got a family that really supports me. I, I've got a, a wife that loves me, and I'm not saying that just because she's in the room, but uh, the, the support I get not only from her but from my parents who hauled me all over going to rodeos. Uh, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that I was just a kid roping the dummy by myself, talking to myself like I was in the Thomas and Mac, and I didn't know why. You know, you fast forward to uh, 26 years later, and I – I understand God's plan for me was to announce that same rodeo. So uh, it's a dream come true, and I can't wait for that opportunity to come about. Being a kid growing up in rodeo, what is it? Uh, backing in the box, it's the 10th round, and it's for all the money and a world champion. That's exactly right. And usually you have to break the arena record in order to do it. You know, so yeah. if you're going to do it, just win the round, win the average. I mean, the whole deal, you know. And, and it's funny, though, because I always used to do, like, a couple of teams before it was me roping. And, geez, Rich Skelton always roped a leg right before I walked in the box. I don't know how that happens, but, you know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Even that blind squirrel finds a nut. Even every once in a while, you know, I'm, I'm just looking for my caricature. Maybe one day I'll get one. Yeah. Well, man, seriously, Mr. Seiler, uh, God bless you, man. Super, super happy about your success. Definitely going to miss your junior world finals. Well, it looks like the, Steve's going to be running a ship, man, and kind of, you know, hopefully as some day I'm hoping that it'll be the Steve, Andy, and Mooney show, man, that'll be running that NFR and just great talent, man, all through the rodeo business right now. You two are a testament to that. They'll, they'll be in great hands with Steve. He, uh, he's been there since the beginning and he's, he's the bell cow. I mean, he keeps everybody in line and, and it's, it's cool because the junior world finals has given me some new friends, Steve being one of those. And it's a, it's a true friendship that has turned into a family. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we talk and, and it's, it's been the friendships that we have in this business that have carried a lot of people through this pandemic. So uh, it, it truly is a family and I'm just glad to be part of it. Ain't that the truth, man. Well, Andy, thank you for coming on. Uh, look forward to your success. Look forward to hearing you, man, in Arlington. It's going to be awesome. You bet. Thank you, we'll see sir. See you guys there. Yeah. See, see you, buddy. Texas. We want to thank Jeff Metters and Andy Seiler for visiting NFR Extra. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've been hearing on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas, where the big boys roam. With the rovers and the racers and the bulls and the browns. And the ladies in the skin-tight ringers and the cowboy hats.